Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Tuesday, August the 9th, 2022, and this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created along with weather data. In order to make one money line pick on every game that's played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why the model or I like or don't like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks you are comfortable with. Never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. As always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler yesterday. The A plays went one and two. B plays went two and one with a big plus odds winner. And the Giants tweeted about that this morning. B plays over the last uh, two weeks have had about a 12% ROI and have started to look really good. I've been kind of talking about that, that I thought maybe those were finally going to start cooperating with us. It was confusing early on how poorly those did. Uh, Maybe we've kind of got that right and or maybe just, uh, you know, Random variation, just you know, and I and I kind of made a comment. There was a stretch too where it seemed like the A plays got some good luck and the B plays got some bad luck. So maybe the A plays had looked a little bit better than they truly were. B plays a little bit worse. Maybe that's kind of starting to balance out a little bit. B plays working really well. That's why I give you all those well. And the C plays are the ones that I think are priced pretty well and a lot tougher uh, <clears throat> to make a good investment on. I think, but the A plays, the B plays are ones that I think are worthy of consideration. Again, not saying to blindly back what I'm saying here, but things to think on, things to look into and dive into and see maybe if you agree or not. Those are at least the ones that I would be considering uh, for your repertoire each day. But before we get to today's slate, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free and the only way, assuming you turn notifications on to ensure don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment from YouTube. I love those and try to respond to as many as I can. As a reminder, we've partnered with Horse Racing Today. For those of you who like to play the ponies, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They are a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse racing. There's an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. And today, they like a play over at Presque Island Race 4. So check out their YouTube shows with our website, the links are in the description. We've got nine days of overall winning baseball here in a row with these money line plays. We'll see if we can't make it 10. We've got a double header today, game one out in Kansas City. White Sox at the Royals. No line on either game as of the recording of this episode. When that gets out there, I'll tweet and update the sheet with a pick. It looks like. The projection, at least according to fan graphs, is that we'll have Lance Lynn and Brady Singer here in the first game. Much better pitching matchup than what we project to see in game two. In a warm game in Kansas City, it'll be mid-80s pretty much the entire day. But the winds will be blowing in from center field right around five miles an hour, maybe a tiny bit more than that. So it'll at least offset the warmth a little bit. Again, a hitter-friendly ballpark in Kansas City. Model says a total of 8.2 and that the Royals should be a minus 117 home favorite. 
model likes Brady Singer a tiny bit more than Lance Lynn. Uh, Lance Lynn maybe starting to kind of look a little bit more like his old self after seemingly being rushed back. Uh, a White Sox team that's kind of been in disarray, really desperately needed some help, probably pushed him a little bit too soon. And he really struggled in his first you know, seven or so starts here. Um, this season still has a 5.87 ERA, but the underlying metrics for Lynn say his ERA should be more in the upper threes. Uh, Brady Singer, a mid three ERA underlying metrics say that's pretty accurate. So still a little bit more positive on Singer than Lynn, but not by a lot. Bullpen wise, White Sox have an edge there. They also have an edge on offense, but the game in Kansas City kind of balances some of that out. Model thinks the Royals should be slight favorites here. Again, with a total in between eight or eight and a half, we'll see what happens with that, and I will post a pick later, assuming there's those two guys. If not, I will update accordingly. 7 to 5 Eastern first pitch, Marlins at the Phillies. It'll be a warm one in Philadelphia, around 90 degrees to start, mid to low 80s to close. There is some rain in the area there, around 50% coverage, so something to keep an eye on there. I'm going to have a delay in this one. Winds will be blowing across, no wind effect there. Braxton Garrett versus Zach Wheeler. Garrett gets an above average rating, a 388 ERA on the season, and the underlying metrics say it should be in the low threes. He's having a solid season, a good little lefty there for the Marlins. Of course, the Marlins' strength this season has been their starting pitching. We talked about this all season with them, and they were a frisky team that might actually you know, make a little bit of noise, but their relievers and their offense just never could quite put it together. Um, you know, again, a lot of good starting pitching, but that's about all the Marlins have to offer. Of course, as good as Garrett is, I think we all agree Zach Wheeler is a better pitcher than that. 269 year in the season, underlying metrics say it should be a tiny bit higher than that, but still in the upper twos. So obviously edge of the Phillies there in the starting pitcher department, edge with the bullpen, edge with the offense game in Philadelphia. Everything lines up for the Phillies. I'm comfortable playing the Phillies here. At this price, I'll give it a B grade at minus 227. Model says it should be 245. By the time you cross 250, I think it's lost all value. So I don't know what number you're looking at at your shops. You can shop around, have multiple sports books, so you can get a good price, especially in these bigger favorites, because this is where you start seeing some discrepancies here. Again, as long as it's under 250, I'm comfortable playing it, whether it's a solo pick, whether you like to throw it in a parlay or not. That's obviously your choice and how you manage your money, but I think it's a say, it's a solid investment. I think you're adding more payout than you're adding to risk. Again, as long as it's under 250, again, model says 245. So 227, I think a solid investment on the Phillies here. This Marlins team can't score. They aren't going to be able to score off a of Wheeler. Um, this Phillies offense is pretty good. Again, the Phillies team, like I've been saying here the last month or so, we've been backing a lot and they've been pretty good to us. I think they're a pretty solid team. They're much better than this Marlins team. I like them here. Again, as long as you're in the low twos, a solid investment, not an A grade because the price is just too steep to invest that much, um, but a solid play here on the Phillies, in my opinion. 7 to 5 Eastern first pitch. Blue Jays at the Orioles. Got the A grade play of the day winner yesterday with the Orioles. Today, it'll be another warm one, 80, uh, upper 80s, around 90 degrees to start, low 80s to close. A little bit of possibility of rain, about a third of a chance of rain here in this one. So, again, something to keep an eye on might be a little bit of a delay there. Um, winds will be blowing out around five miles an hour to start, but dying down as the night goes along. Alec Manoa versus Kyle Bradish in this one. Again, if the model says the total should be 8.8. .8, I'm seeing a total of 8.5. So the model would like a little bit of an over here. It's tough to say with Manoa. He has outperformed his underlying metrics all season. That 245 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should be above three and a half. So um, a, a guy, Manoa, uh, I've been all season, good pitcher for sure. The model, the underlying metrics, just don't think he's quite as good as he's performed 
Um, gets an 82 rating, so still, again, very good. Not to take anything away from him, just maybe more in the very good, not great, or maybe in the great, not elite type category. I mean, depending on what sort of adjectives you want to use there. Just maybe not quite as good as that ERA indicates, according to the underlying metrics. For the Orioles, it would be Kyle Bradish, a 655 ERA. Underlying metrics say that's a bit inflated and it really should be in the mid fours. He gets a below average rating according to the model. So definitely an edge for the Blue Jays there with regards to the starting pitcher. And of course, they'll have an edge on offense. But as we mentioned yesterday, this Blue Jays offense just isn't that great right now, especially against right-handed pitching. It's left-handed pitching, a very different story. But they are so um, right-handed heavy that against righties, they're just a little above average, especially without Springer losing another piece there. Um, better than the Orioles, uh, but not by a lot. And, of course, the Orioles have that massive bullpen advantage that bullpen uh, held down for them last night. The Blue Jays should be favored in this game, don't get me wrong. But as we've been talking about, I think the Blue Jays are again overpriced. The model says it should be Blue Jays minus 142. So I'll take the Orioles at plus 148. It's a B-grade pick. There's a little bit of value here on the Orioles. Not enough to give it an A-grade, though. I think the Blue Jays are overpriced by a little bit, but not by as much as they were yesterday. So there's a chance maybe the books are catching up a little bit to the fact that this Blue Jays team, and or the and or the betters, you know, it's hard to say exactly what makes of that is books versus how they're reacting to certain betters, the majority of betters. It's kind of, you know, every book kind of manages that, you know, that a little bit differently. Um, but maybe the 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 calculations are starting to change a little bit, potentially. Again, I think the Blue Jays are overpriced, but not by that much. Manoa's still a good pitcher, so not an A-grade play fading him, but I do think there's value in the Orioles at home. They've got a chance to win this game. Plus 148 offers enough to get a B-grade pick, in my mind. 17 Eastern start time, Reds at the Mets. Mid-80s to start, mid-upper, uh, mid-lower 80s to close, rain potentially in the area. This one's got around 60% chance of rain to start with, so definitely going to have to keep an eye on the weather for a lot of these games tonight, see if there's any bit of delay here. Wind will be blowing across to start and then blowing in by the end of the game, but only around 5 miles an hour, so the wind will either be no effect or maybe slightly helping the pitchers, but again, a warm night and with rain. Um, who knows exactly how the wind's going to come in and when this will happen. So uh, just a lot of variables here weather-wise on this game. Mike Miner versus Carlos Carrasco. Miner is terrible. Uh, we, every time we be pitches, we talked about him early on. It was kind of a, a hope that he would regain some of his previous form. That hope's not completely gone, but... Um, you know, I, I think the the Reds hoping to, to add Miner <clears throat> and then hit him have a solid little stretch and be able to trade him obviously with the trade deadline gone but either way i think that ship has sailed i don't think he's providing enough value for anybody to be interested in him 619 era underlying metrics say it should be around six really not good for the reds here with regards to the starting pitcher and of course we know their bullpen struggles and that's opposite end of that story good bullpen and a good starter in college carrasco 382 era underlying metrics say it should be maybe about a half run better so pretty big edge here for the Mets starting pitcher-wise. Big edge bullpen, big edge on offense. Other threads have traded away a handful of their bats. All of their bats, really, except for uh, Joey Votto. Models has matched me a minus 304 favorite. So as long as the number starts with a 2, I really can give the Mets a B-grade pick here. I like the Mets. I think to the right side, I think they win. It's a big number, so it can't get an A-grade because we don't need to be over-invested in it. We always need to be careful with big favorites. We don't want to over-invest. You don't want to make... 
seven parlays and put the Mets in every single one of them because baseball is too random. And that's the, and that's, I, I've talked about this a lot. I may sound like a broken record. That's the biggest issue with parlays is don't, is my encouragements don't do that because you'll, what will happen is you'll end up really over invested in a few games and under invested in others. And it makes it for real all or nothing. And that's really not good portfolio management. So just be careful with how confident you are in the Mets. But I think the Mets are still a solid play here. Again, as long as the number starts with a two, model says 304. Once you start getting into the low threes, the 310, 315, 320s, it really seems to lose all value. And then I think it's just stay away. It's not worth the investment. But at 295, I can get behind the Mets a little bit here. I think it's a solid play. I think they win enough times to provide value here. This Reds team, not very good. This Mets team is. They got the job done last night for us as big favorites. And I think they can again here. Again, everything points to their favor. And Mike Miner is terrible. And there's a, also the other reason I can give this a B pick and say I'm comfortable here playing it at a price like this is that I still think the model thinks Miner's better than he is. The model's just been a little optimistic on him. There is a little bit of, you know, what a pitcher's done previously does matter. We can't throw that out. We can't just look at what he's done this year. That's not going to make for good predictions. And so the model's still really holding on to what Miner's done before, but we just haven't seen any evidence of that this year. There's really been no hope of that. It doesn't mean it won't happen, but there's a real chance that Miner's actually worse than the model thinks. And if that's the case, then the number that the model would come up with wouldn't be 304. It'd be more like 310, 315, 320. Which is why I said that's about the point where it starts really losing all of its value, in my opinion. But in the twos, maybe the very, very low threes, I think the Mets are still an okay play here to be great pick for me. In a game that I'm seeing a total of eight and a half on the model says seven and a half. A lot of variability with the weather and a big issue with, again, exactly how bad Miner is, is hard to say. But if he is, again, worse than the model things, which is very much on the table, the Mets could easily score seven runs themselves and basically get near this total, you know, all, all alone. So uh, again, model would say play this under. There's just a lot of variables here with weather. The rain could potentially help it out though, because if it does shift into a later game, um, then you know it might be cooler temperatures, ball flying around a little bit less. Pitcher friendly park at City Field. Of course, the only issue is it's hard to go in and under. With Mike Miner, the Reds' bullpen against this Mets offense, it's not a play that feels extremely fun, in my opinion. 17 Eastern first pitch, Guardians at the Tigers. Mid-70s to start around 70 degrees to close. Wind's blowing out around 5 miles an hour. So not very warm, but a slight boost with the wind here. Not by much, of course. But Shane Bieber will get the ball for the Guardians against Tyler Alexander. Bieber's obviously a very good pitcher. 339 ERA, underlying metrics. Say it should be around three. Tyler Alexander, a 404 ERA underlying metric. Say it should be about a half run higher than that. Big edge for the Guardians there with regards to starting pitcher. Tigers trading away a couple of their bullpen arms. Now their bullpen just rates average. Guardians relievers now rate above average. Guardians offense fairly average. Tigers offense terrible. I love the Guardians here at minus 183. I think there's a Great investment opportunity here. A play for me, one of the three games that I love the most here. Again, without having a number on either of the Royals games yet. Model says it should be Guardians minus 244. As long as this number starts with a one, it's an A grade play for me. Even in the low twos, potentially at some point it shifts to a B. But I love the Guardians here. I think they're really underpriced. I think this Tigers team is terrible. 
We're seeing totals of seven and a half. Model says 7.7, so pretty close there. It should be a relatively lower scoring game, but the Guardians ought to be able to score a few runs here. The Tigers with that offense against Bieber, I don't see them scoring very much at all. It's a steep number for the Guardians, but I love it here. I think it should be a lot higher than this. I think this should be priced more around where the Phillies game is priced. And so I think the value that we're getting here on it is justifying this A-grade play. 17 Easter, first pitch Braves at the Red Sox. Low 80s to start, mid-70s to close. A little bit of possibility of rain, not as much as we've seen in some of the other areas, so less likelihood that we have some rain issues, but not completely impossible to have rain affecting this one. Winds will be blowing in from left field at about 10 miles an hour in this game, so that'll help out the pitchers a little bit. Of course, you still have a hitter-friendly ballpark in Boston, and if the wind blows in from left field, it kind of just changes home runs to doubles, which provides less runs, but not maybe quite as much as it might in other parks where that wind might change things from home runs to outs. Charlie Morton for the Braves versus Rich Hill for the Red Sox. Rich Hill making his first start in what seems like quite a while. 452 ERA for him, underlying metrics say maybe not quite that bad, but Hill's not a guy you feel really comfortable backing. You never really know what you're going to get from him. At times he looks solid, at times he looks his age. And so a lot of variability with Hill gets a below average rating according to the model. Charlie Morton had him an up and down season, uh, started off pretty poor, had a stretch where he looked a lot better. Overall, 409 ERA, underlying metrics say it should be a tiny bit better, not by too much. An above average pitcher, maybe not as good as in years past, but definitely an edge there for the Braves. Offensively, it's probably about a wash here. This Braves lineup projects pretty similar to the Red Sox lineup. Again, a Red Sox lineup that remained mostly intact after the trade deadline. Of course, there's a large edge to the Braves pitching-wise in the bullpen. So the Braves' edges there pitching kind of more than overcome this game being in Boston. The Braves should be favored in this game. The only question is by how much. The model says minus 140 and says there's really no edge on either side. Given that there's not really an edge, I'd like to be on the Braves here just because I don't really want to back Rich Hill, but it's all about the price in this one. I'll take the Braves at minus 146 with a lean, but not a pick that I really like whatsoever, and I think it's priced fairly well. If there was a lot of line movement one way or the other, you could almost talk me to the other side just because, again, I think it's priced fairly well for now and looking for long-term value here. If you get a Red Sox price, up in the plus 150 area, I think that might offer some decent value. Um, the Braves, on the other hand, if it drops down to about minus 140, I think now the Braves offer some more value. So it kind of just depends on the price. Right now, I think it's priced fairly well. Again, I'll take the Braves just because unless there's good enough value on the Red Sox, I really don't want to back Rich Hill. doesn't mean he can't have a good start, but this game could be over early if he has a rough start. We've seen it many a time before here as he's gotten older. <clears throat> Total on this one. Model says nine. I'm seeing totals of nine and a half. So model says lean under in this one. Something to keep an eye on there. 740 Easter first pitch. White Sox at the Royals. This will be game two, of course. Low 80s to start. Mid 70s to close. Winds will be blowing in around five miles an hour. Projecting Davis Martin versus John Heasley. Davis Martin is a guy we don't really like that much. 474 ERA. Underlying metrics say probably not that bad, but a below average pitcher according to the model. Of course, we like him more than John Heasley, who's a guy we've loved to fade this season. A 582 ERA. 
and the underlying metrics say that's fairly accurate. So White Sox will have an edge here starting pitching-wise and in the bullpen and, of course, on offense. So this is the flip side of game one. Model says the White Sox should be slight favorites here to the tune of minus 123 with a total around 9.5. Model expects a lot of runs here in this second game with weaker starting pitching. 805 Eastern, first pitch, and that's at the Cubs. Around 70 degrees all night here. A relatively chilly August night in Chicago like we saw last night. Winds are blowing in, though not as strong as last night. More in the 5-mile-an-hour range this evening. Paolo Espino versus Marcus Stroman. Espino is a guy who gets a fairly below-average rating. Does have a 420 ERA, and the underlying metrics say it should be a full half run higher than that. So guy the model doesn't like whatsoever. Stroman, a 4 ERA, but the advanced metrics say that should be th- around 3.5. So we get a pretty big edge here for the Cubs starting pitching-wise. Bullpens, the Nats might have a slight edge, but I don't trust either bullpen really. So the bullpens for both these teams give up some runs yesterday. I don't really like either bullpen. Offensively, the Cubs have a better offense than the Nats. Um, Cubs won last night. I think the Cubs get it done again tonight at minus 190. It's an A-grade play. It's a steep number, but the model says it should be Cubs minus 218. And that's team that, again, we've just loved to fade all season. It's been fairly profitable, and they've just gotten worse after the trade deadline, obviously. Stroman's a good pitcher, and I think he's not getting the respect he deserves. It's almost like we forgot that he was actually good. Just a huge edge here for the Cubs, pitching lots. To start off this game, I like the Cubs here with an A-grade play. As long as the number starts with a 1, I'm locking in minus 190 with an A-grade. Model says total should be 7.9. I'm seeing totals of 8, so the model agrees with what the totals are according to the sports books. 8 10 Eastern first pitch, Rangers at the Astros. Martin Perez versus Jose Arquiti. Two solid pitchers here. Model likes Perez a little bit more than Arquiti here. Perez with that 247 here. Now, the underlying metrics say it should be higher than that, but still a very good pitcher. Advanced metrics say low threes, which is still obviously a great season. Arquiti, a 362 ERA. The underlying metrics say it should be a little bit higher, but he's looked really well lately again as he's gone back to some of his previous pitch usage. Maybe a slight edge here for the Rangers starting pitching-wise, but Arquiti's, you know, not a bad pitcher at all. Definitely above average, according to the model. I think we can all agree. Solid pitcher for the Astros. While the Rangers have a good starting pitcher, that's the only edge they have, and it's relatively small. The Astros will have an edge with the bullpen here and a Rangers bullpen that looks worse by the week, it seems like. And, of course, offensively, the Astros have a huge edge. And the Astros offense that projects better against lefties. As we talked about this previously with this Astros team, they're so right-handed heavy, especially without Brantley. Right now, they only have two left-handed bats of impact, and both of them can hold their own against lefties as well. The rest of their uh, decent bats are all right-handed hitters. They project to be better against lefties at this point, so that's going to help their offense out a little bit more. Model says there's a slight edge here on the Astros. I'll take the Astros at minus 173 with a B-grade play. Model says minus 179. So again, a little bit of an edge here, but we're really looking for that minus 175 or better price for a B grade. If you're in the upper minus 170s or low minus 180s, it drops to a C grade pick as the premium just gets a little bit too comfortable for my liking. Obviously, I'd love this number to be down in the minus 160 range. That would be a lot better. But as of this morning, it's not there. We'll see where the number goes. You never really know how the number's going to move around throughout the course of the day. But if I get this down around minus 160, that'd be an A grade play. But at this price, it's still one I like, just not one I love. Martin Perez is too good to lay that big of a price with and really go that heavy 
So just a B-grade play for me in the Astros at minus 173. A game that has a total of 8, and the model says 8.2. 8 10 Eastern start time, Rays at the Brewers. Jimmy Yacobonis will open for the Rays. It sounds like we might see a little bit of Ryan Yarbrough here at the as the bulk pitcher against Freddie Peralta here. For the Rays... You just never know what you're going to get with these bullpen games with a guy like Yarbrough, who, again, has pitched a lot better here going back to this bulk guy role uh, than he has recently as a starter. So that might give you a little bit of optimism on the Rays there. Offensively, these two teams are about a wash. Both of them kind of inconsistent, around average, a little bit above average, but not by a lot. Brewers' bullpen still projects to be better, but I really like Freddie Peralta here. He does have a 446 in his nine games now, uh, coming back from missing a lot of time, but the underlying metrics have his ERA that it should be in the mid-twos. So Peralta is a pitcher I do like a lot here for the Brewers, and that is what's guiding this number to be Brewers minus 174, according to the model. I'll take the Brewers at minus 159. It's a B-grade play for me on the Brewers. Not enough value and too much of a premium, too many uncertainties going against the Rays in this bullpen, bulk-type game, games that they tend to do better in. So it's one that I just can't give it a grade two at this number. If the number were to drop below minus 150, that might be a little bit of a different story. But here there's just not enough value to love this play. I like the Brewers, just don't love them. Here at minus 159, again, model says minus 174. A game that the total is 8. Model says 8.4. But this is one where if they open the roof tonight, it might be a little bit chillier than usual there in Milwaukee. And that would drive the total down an extra couple tenths of a run. So something to keep an eye on there if they play this with the roof open. The temperatures in Milwaukee are going to be more in the mid to upper 60s for this game. So a little bit chillier than if they close the roof where we typically assume the temperature stays more around uh, in the low 70s with the closed roof. So uh, that could potentially affect things uh, and bring that total down a little bit. But otherwise, the model thinks over might be a solid look in this one. But it's one, again, I don't really think I like just because of that uncertainty with the Rays in this bullpen game. It could be a lower scoring game. Again, I like Peralta a lot, and that Brewers bullpen is solid. These offenses are just so hit or miss. They can go out there and score 10 runs at a time. Uh, or they can go out there and get shut out. So it's not a total that I really think uh, is one I'd personally playing just because the variability, I think, in this game is through the roof. Main investment here on the Brewers here at minus 159. 8.40 Eastern start time, Cardinals at the Rockies. It'll be a warm one out in Denver to start, upper 80s, almost 90 degrees, closing in the upper 70s. Winds will start off blowing across. By the end of the game, they'll be blowing out to left field around five miles an hour. So as the temperature cools down, the wind will help just a little bit there. Main thing, of course, is you have a massive hitter's ballpark in Coors Field, something we are all well aware of. Again, the model says the total should be 11.2, and I'm seeing totals of 11, so fairly accurate there. Miles Michaelis versus Ryan Feltner. Michaelis, a pitcher we've long talked about this season, not as good as that upper two ERA, but still a very good pitcher, gets an above-average rating. Underlying metric says ERA should be in the mid-upper threes. Ryan Feltner with a 574 ERA, not that bad. The underlying metric says it should be about a run and a half better, but still a below-average pitcher. Edge Cardinals here in starting pitcher. Edge Cardinals in the bullpen and edge the Cardinals with the bats. Again, a Rockies offense that hits lefties better than righties. Going up against a righty is a lot harder um, to back 
Model says Cardinals minus 182. As long as we're in the 170s, I'm comfortable with giving the Cardinals a B-grade play. It's at minus 177 right now. Again, if you're in the minus low eight, in the low minus 180s, we're talking more about a lean. It's never great to fade the Rockies at home. They do a little bit better there, but the model's accounting for that. The model's giving the Rockies an extra boost. If this had a normal home field advantage rather than the Rockies' home field advantage, the Cardinals would not be nearly as big of favorites, according to the model. So again, model says minus 182, so I'll take minus 177 with a B-grade pick here. And again, the Cardinals have all the edges against the Rockies and a guy in Ryan Feltner who should get lit up by this Cardinals offense that, again, well above average. 9.40 Eastern start time, Pirates at the Diamondbacks. Zach Thompson versus Tommy Henry. Henry, after that first start, the models adjusted fairly hard on him and now gives him a squarely below average rating as he did not look good in that first outing. Of course, the model doesn't really like Zach Thompson either. He has a 5.15 year in the season. The underlying metrics are closer to 5 there. I'm going to say edge the Diamondbacks on starting pitcher and bullpen, but I mean both of these sets of pitchers from start to finish aren't good and have a lot of variability. So really it's all about the offenses here. The Diamondbacks offense against righties is almost league average, whereas the Pirates offense against lefties is very bad. So I think the Diamondbacks just have a big enough offensive edge here and at home that I'm comfortable backing them. Minus 153 is an okay price. It's worth an investment, in my opinion, just not worth a heavy investment. This model says it should be minus 161. So a solid play on the Diamondbacks here, but not one that I'm running to make. Laying odds with a team like the Diamondbacks is always scary. We did it last night. At least we had Gallon backing us there on the hill tonight. A different story. I think the Diamondbacks offensively are just that much better than the Pirates. And at home, I think, again, they're worth a play. But there's just too many unknowns pitching-wise in this game, up and down both rosters to really love anything. Again, I'm comfortable playing the Diamondbacks here and these prices around the low minus 150s with the B gray, but as it gets up to minus 160, that would drop to a lean. And if you are eyeing something in the in the upper minus 160s, it's really a pass at that point because it's hard to think that the Diamondbacks are worth an investment at that number. Same start time here, 940 Eastern Giants at the Padres, mid-70s to start, low 70s to close. Slight breeze out, but should say under five miles an hour. Alex Cobb versus Joe Musgrove. Padres now losing five straight games since the trade deadline here. All those big acquisitions, of course, a bunch of those against um, the Dodgers. You know, that's, you know, on the road. What are you going to, you know, that kind of is what it is. But losing last night, of course, the Giants, a little bit of that might have been that playing after Sunday night baseball. We see, we've seen that constantly this year, that mattering. Tonight, I think they have a much better chance. Joe Musgrove has struggled as of late, but still has good underlying metrics. A three ER in the season, and the underlying metrics say it should be in the low threes. Alex Cobb, a guy I've been preaching all season, is much better than his ERA. His ERA is coming down now, and it is around four. Underlying metrics say it should be in the upper twos. Musgrove gets a better rating because of the link that Musgrove can offer, whereas Cobb's not really a guy that we trust to go seven or eight innings, whereas Musgrove can easily do that. So I still like Musgrove better than Cobb, but Cobb's no slouch, and I don't think he's a bad pitcher. The pick on the Padres here is not about the fact that anything against Cobb. Again, I like Cobb. I think Cobb is, for the most part, undervalued. Um, it's that I still trust Joe Musgrove. I'm not buying into any um, how he's pitched lately. Again, pitchers all go through streaks where they look better than they are, and they go through streaks where they look worse than they are. This is a little bit of a rough patch for him, but he's going to bounce out of it at some point. Who knows when it will be, but to assume him 
continuing that has no just justifiable backing from a statistical standpoint. There's nothing that indicates that he's lost it, that he's fatigued, anything of that nature. So I still think Musgrove is a solid pitcher here and worthy of an investment. Padres bullpen, much better than the Giants bullpen. The Giants bullpen held on last night. Uh, for dear life, I don't think that's something that they can continue to do. Again, I do not like this Giants bullpen whatsoever. Offensively, the Giants offense is above average, but this Padres offense is is still good. And again, as they are a little bit lefty heavy now, um, still projected to do really well against the right-handed pitcher. So the Padres have an edge really in every facet of this game and at home. I'm comfortable with the Padres here at this price at minus 162. It's a B-grade play model, says minus 167. As long as you're in the mid minus 160s, I think it gets a B grade. Upper minus 160s into minus 170 drops to a C grade play. I think the Padres can get it done here. They've been looking for a win with these new guys. I think tonight's the night. Again, nothing against Alex Cobb. I just think Musgrove's a solid pitcher, and this Giants bullpen is not one that you want any part of, and I don't trust Cobb to go enough innings. Uh, to minimize how, how much this Giants bullpen has to pitch. And that, again, spells bad things for San Francisco. Again, that the model says the total should be 7.9. And I'm seeing a number of 7 right now juiced to the over. Again, another situation where it's tough to figure out this total market. I've talked about that a lot. I think the numbers are really good here. They're daring you to go over because the projection would be over. Again, with Cobb and Musgrove, though, these are two solid pitchers in a pitcher-friendly park. We saw all of one run last night. They're daring you to go over. It's not an investment I'm going to make, uh, but it is something to consider, um, especially given how good the offenses are and how bad the Giants' bullpen is. But it's obviously a scary play to go over with these two pitchers in that ballpark. 940 Eastern, first pitch, Angels at the A's. A chilly night in Oakland, mid-60s, mid-upper 60s to start, mid-lower 60s to close. Winds will be blowing out around 10 miles an hour to start, 5 miles an hour to finish. Standard wind. Happenings there in Oakland. Shohei Otani versus James Caprillion. Otani, one of the best pitchers in baseball at this point. There's really not much to say about him. The underlying metrics are actually friendlier than his 283 ERA against Caprillion, who is not good, a 432 ERA. And that's, of course, deflated by pitching half his games in Oakland. If he was pitching in a standard ballpark and got normal bounces of the ball, the model says his ERA should actually be in the low five. So, I mean, a huge edge here for the Angels starting pitcher-wise. Angels offense is still a little bit better than the A's. Two bullpens that I have no faith in whatsoever, but Otani could easily throw eight or nine innings in this game, especially against such a bad Angels offense. Angels should be favored. Again, only questions by how much. Model says it should be Angels minus 164. So the bottom line to me is the price of Angels minus 180. is just a little too steep for my liking. It's not to say that the Angels don't win. It's just, to me, it's A's or pass. The edge here is so small. I think passing makes a lot of sense. But we've seen Otani lose a couple times lately. So I'll take a flyer here on the A's at plus 161, only with a lean, though. Again, it's not a pick I like. It's not a pick that has really any mathematical edge which again is why it's only a lean because again, the model says 164 is the right price. So getting price of one, getting 161 isn't great. So again, it's not one that I like here. It's just the prices right now are too high on the angels. If that were to come down and you could get a price like minus 160 on the angels, I'd be all over that. I don't see that happening. So again, I'll be on the angels here with just a small pick, but I really want a bigger number than this before I'm more excited about the investment. Really getting the upper 160s towards 170 for the A's makes a lot of sense. Not that I think they win, just that I think it's worth a chance because the odds offer some value, especially again, we've seen Otani lose a few times lately, not necessarily 
always on his doing just because the Angels aren't a very good team. For this one, model says total of six and a half, and that's the number I'm seeing. So another total that is spot on according to the model. 10 10 Eastern first pitch, Yankees at the Mariners. Yankees with a win last night. Mariners had their chance in the, I believe it was the fifth inning. Bases loaded, home run ball goes foul by, you know, 10, 15 feet. Uh, Mariners kind of missing out on that opportunity. The Yankees play add on late, get the win. Tonight, Garrett Cole versus Luis Castillo. Cole has just been all over the map, really struggled his first handful of starts, then looked like the Garrett Cole of old, and then struggling again here recently against Luis Castillo. The model still says Cole's a better pitcher, but I'm not sure if that's just rounding error at this point. With the way they're pitching right now, I think it's probably a toss-up. I really like what I'm seeing from Castillo, and I'm a little bit nervous about Cole. You never really know what you're going to get from this guy this season. All of a sudden, his variabilities shot through the roof. A guy who used to consistently be fantastic and now is amazing at times and other times looks clueless. He got hit around pretty hard by this Mariners team last week. Who knows exactly what will happen tonight. Maybe he's figured out exactly what went wrong against him and has a good game plan. Maybe the Mariners... Um, can do the same thing. You don't really know. Either way, I think starting pitcher-wise, this is probably a wash. Two great pitchers, two pitchers that in general you don't have a problem backing. Two good bullpens. Again, maybe a slight edge here to the Mariners. Again, they've got just so much depth in their bullpen. It's been the strength of that team all season long. Edge to the Yankees on offense games in Seattle. Model says the Mariners should be slight favorites, but it's really a coin toss type game. And I tend to agree. I think there's enough things here that – you know, maybe a slight edge to the Mariners' bullpen, but again, you got Cole going. You got a slight edge there for the Yankees' offense with the games in Seattle. I mean, it's really just a coin toss type game. Anything can happen. So, plus 117 offers great value on the Mariners. Today, great play for me on Seattle. Didn't work for us last night. We'll see if we can get it done with them tonight. Again, a game I think anything can happen. So, plus 117 offers enough value that I think we want to take it. Again, if someone offers you a coin toss at those odds, it's a solid investment. I'm seeing a total of seven models. says so 6.7. So the model would say under. Just be leery with Cole. If he has another bad start, he's had a handful recently, then that total is going to get blown up pretty quickly. But in general, with the pitching strength of these teams in that ballpark, if Cole's on, we know that Castillo offers good things. There probably won't be a lot of runs in this one. Should be a anything-can-goes, lower-scoring type game. And in that regard, like I said, I think Mariners plus 117 offers tremendous value. Last one here, 10-10 Eastern short time. Twins at the Dodgers. Fairly warm game in L.A. We're going to start off in the upper 70s. We're going to close around 70 degrees. Similar story to what we usually see there wind-wise. We'll be blowing out around 10 miles an hour to center field to start and then dying down as the night goes along. Joe Ryan versus Julio Urias. Here, Joe Ryan, probably not as good as that 367 ERA, but still an above-average pitcher. Julio Urias, a very good pitcher. Again, gets an 87 grade from the model, but not as good as that 257 ERA as the advanced metrics. Say it should be in the mid-upper threes. So again, Urias, another guy that I think is more good than great or more very good than elite, whatever type of adjectives you want to use. He's a guy that I don't expect to be able to hold on to those numbers. And against the Twins offense, that's well above average. I expect the Twins to score some runs here. Model says total of 8.5. There's a reason this total is 8.5. 
both these offenses are pretty good and both these pitchers have good numbers, but probably aren't quite as good as those numbers. It's a pitcher friendly ballpark there in LA and usually pitcher friendly conditions at night. But again, two really good offenses. We're expecting a few runs in this one more than some other places on the West coast usually would see. I think the twins got a chance in this one. I'll take them at plus plus one ninety two with a B grade pick. Edge-wise, according to probabilities, this is closer to an A grade than a B grade. The reason this isn't an A grade is because we don't really need to invest all three units in it because the payout's so large. Investing two units in this one gets us a payout of almost four. So mathematically, it's closer to an A, but based off of how the units work, we really only need to invest two for it to be to, to have a strong play on it, in my opinion. So that's why it gets a B grade, not an A grade. I like the twins here. Model says Dodgers minus 163. So the prices of in the minus 200s for the Dodgers it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I'm wondering if the Dodgers are getting a little bit of a boost because of their sweep of the Padres which again, we were on the Dodgers uh, for for a couple of those games. To me, again, that's not as much kudos to the Dodgers. I've been saying the Dodgers are a good team all season, and we've loved backing them when we found edges on them. That's more about the fact that the Padres, again, got better, but people overreacted to that. I'm wondering if that's a chain reaction here. This number is just way too high on the Dodgers. There's just too much Julio Urias love. Again, a good pitcher. Just doesn't really justify this number, in my opinion. This Twins team is solid. Bullpen-wise, they actually rate out fairly close to the Dodgers here um, with their relievers. And so when you talk about the fact that the Dodgers have you know a little bit of an edge with the starting pitcher and a little bit of an edge here in offense, but no edge with the bullpen, it's really hard to see how you can justify a price for the Dodgers that starts with a two. Again, the model says 163, so plus 192 is tremendous value on the Twins. It's a B-grade pick for me. I think they got a chance in this one. Again, the Dodgers are more likely to win, but at these prices, the Twins having a chance at these huge odds would make for a great payout and a great close to our night. So that wraps up all the games here. Again, a reminder, I'll have picks on the White Sox Royals doubleheader when those are available. Otherwise, I've got three A plays at the moment. I've got the Guardians minus 183 at the Tigers. I've got the Cubs minus 190 at home against the Nats, and I've got the Mariners at plus 117 at home against the Yankees. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right to your feed. I will see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.